This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Pajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Uh, with me is the usual Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca, but we also have a slew of guests on today. We have Logan Clampett, soon to be pro Logan Clampett, and then we have Brandon Wilkinson, and then from Two to Green Motorsports, we have Joseph Yakes, Michael Duell. Tyler Herr. Welcome, guys. Yeah. What up? Hello. All right, uh, Michael, who's all on the two-degree team? Why don't we just start off with that? Too many people to number. Um, well, Joe and Tyler, they've been here for a couple... They've been here a while now. Um, we've also got Jay. He was kind of one of the original members. Chris Schitzler was an original. Uh, we also have Travin Morgan. Um, who else am I missing here? A <laughs> couple others I can't remember right now, but... Oh, you got a new one. Oh, uh, yeah, Chad Dillon. He's a new guy. He's been around. And, and we, just, uh, we just signed Jonathan Dickert. Yep. And so, do you guys... Uh, and Joseph and Tyler, you guys can answer this question. Do you guys have a lot of fun on that team working with uh, Michael and Crow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a blast since I joined these guys. Yeah, I've I've known Michael here for probably over a year now, year and a half, I would say, ever since the early IRL days, and um, so it's uh, it's nice to see he has a good team put together. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, with your team, and I'm just gonna you know come into this right away, is that you guys have some Twitch streams, which I would say are extremely funny <laughs> so we like to entertain man <laughs> but it's it's not necessarily the racing guys i'm no. just telling you that you you watch and you listen for the team speak these guys are hilarious especially sitzler and duel they're kind of like a comedy team up there it is really funny so why don't you explain a little bit about your twitch channel and what do you guys do there well, it's it all started. You know, everybody watches O'Keefe stream, and O'Keefe does a great job. He's got a lot of fans watching him every day, yada yada yada. But it's so boring. So Jay, actually, when we when we put him on the team, we noticed Jay was streaming a lot, and at the same time, we're all on Teamspeak on the same channel. So you know, we're just we like to kid around with each other, give each other hell, and so that kind of blew up into. Now we've got several Twitch streams going on, and 90% of it, people, uh, we found that they don't really care about the racing, They but they like the uh, the smart-ass side driver point of view kind of thing, I guess you could say. So it's become pretty popular. Uh, mine's not quite as popular as Jay's. Um, Chad, Chad, does, Chad Dillon, he streams a lot too. He's more on the, uh, I guess you would say, the PG side. Um Miners only kind of thing, but he's doing a good job with his too. Um, Joe's starting to get into it here. He's starting to get his set up so he can do some streaming. So yeah, it's it's getting pretty popular. 
Yeah, and let's just uh, name these channels. We have uh, Suited Pocket Rockets, which is Jay Heisman. We have uh, Dual OK, which is just D-O-O-L, OK, for uh, for Michael. Then we have Yakes87, is that correct, Joe? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we got Yakes87, and then we got a ResCast TV for Chad Dillon. And uh, I, I, I must say... If you watch it and you're someone that normally races in the top three splits where these guys are normally at, you must have a little bit of a thick skin because they talk about everyone. <laughs> everyone. And yeah, we don't we don't beat around over there. There's a lot of stuff that we say on, on the on the streams that if if we were to say it in voice chat uh, during the game, it would be longer than a six month voice chat ban easily. Um, which you do have a little bit of a history of. No. <laughs> okay, maybe, but <laughs> I learned my lesson. That's kind of why the um, the team speak and the uh, the stream came along because I can say stuff in there and not have to worry about losing my chat for another six months. All right. Um, that kind of comes to my next question: Has anyone protested protested you because of your stream? Uh, no. They try. They've tried because of, oh, you said you was going to wreck this guy on your stream. And, and I've gotten one or two maybe in the last six months, and them really can't they, – they can't do anything about it because it's not iRacing. So it's, it's not like anything can happen. But it has happened. They've protested it. Yeah, it's uh... – you know, I, I I do know you 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 guys basically talk about everyone that's in the race and and stuff. So it's uh, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, yeah, if you're offended easily, then you might not want to watch it. <laughs> but I don't know. I have a lot of fun listening to I it. I wonder what uh, they say about me as they lap me. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> let's just say that. Let's They're just say. Mr. Mr. Ellis, let's just say that, you know, like he was saying, usually there's eight or ten of us joining the NIS on Wednesday or Thursday or Sunday. That's usually the three main days. Usually nine times out of ten, you are in one of our splits, and usually it's, um, crap, there's another caution, or there's another guy that is not going to let me buy. There's another guy that's going to rub my bumpers. Your name's brought up a few times. But in the same token, I mean, it's not just Ellis. It's, it's, we've got our select few. I mean, even every once in a while, we see Logan join, you know, and we're like, ah, Jesus, now what? We're racing for third, you know? Select few is (laughs) half the room. (laughs) (laughs) That could be, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So, like I said, you got to have a little bit of a thick skin and listen to it. But, um, so let's, Let's talk a little bit about NIS. Uh, let's start with uh, Brandon. Brandon, how's your season going so far all the way up uh, through New Hampshire? Uh, I haven't really been racing the past few weeks. Uh, I've been dealing with some uh, real-life racing. But other than that, season's been going pretty good. Like I said, uh, first time we had talked, it's really just it's it's been about learning this season. Um, I got hooked up with the guys at Wicked, uh, Clammy, and I remember that one. Um, then went to Nexus, and now we're at Go for Broke with an absolute stacked team and set to go for pro uh, next season. All right, who's on your uh, team there, Brandon? All right, this is actually a short list compared to who I told you that was on Nexus a while back. So, 
Um, all right. So go for broke racing. Uh, we have Nicholas Shelton, uh, Shane Williamson, John Roulette, uh, Cody McCauley, Eric Mickey. He's our PR director. He's a pretty good guy too. Um, Michael Garilia, Tony Mangi, Kevin Criminesi, and uh, looking to add one more that we can't say at the moment who's already in the uh, Pro Series. All right, Dewey, you got any problem with any of those guys? <laughs> Probably. Sure we'll hear about it. I, I don't honestly think I've heard of 90%. I've heard of Tony. Tony's pretty good driver. The rest of them I've never really heard of. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot forgot two of them. Jason Burstein, uh, old-time NASCAR peak antifreeze series uh, driver, and Nigel Hong. If you ever see him, he's usually racing in the mornings, and he's usually pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Nigel's good. Yep. Now, Tyler, you, you kind of started in the splits with me, but uh, you have definitely moved up throughout the season. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your NIA season you've been having? Um, at the very beginning, it started off well uh, throughout most of the spring, early summer. I was doing well. And then uh, Daytona, that was not a fun one. And... Throughout the summer, I sort of hit a slump, but I'm starting to gain momentum back. Uh, leading Division Three points as of right now, but it's been real close between me and... I, I would say Division Three rival Nick Northrop. He's pretty quick, and I know throughout the summer he gained a bunch of I-rating running in trucks and such, so I've been trying to catch back up to him. All right, but uh, I, th I think you're up there in the the dual Heisman splits now. Is that correct? Yeah, I get to see uh, who they always complain about week in and week out now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Joseph, uh, I noticed that you're in the winner's circle quite often. Uh, tell me a little bit about your NIS season so far. Well, I started off, uh, I joined the team just in time for a Coke 600 week. That uh, was my first race with the team. And it, it took me a couple races to just kind of get into the swing of things. And I kicked off two wins back-to-back -back at Kentucky and New Hampshire. And then I hadn't really won anything, but I'd been running well. And I got another one at Richmond, and then I picked up my first NIS sweep here at New Hampshire last week. Nice. Yep, so that means you won the spring and then you won the fall race, correct? That is correct. Uh, Tyler, Tyler and Joe, when we signed them, um, it, it was one of them things where I had never really heard them before, but I liked what I was seeing the stats, stats wise. They were, they were showing consistently with, with the least amount of incidents. And so uh, when Tyler and Joe joined, uh, they were a huge asset. I mean, Tyler probably himself, uh, probably picked up 2000 I rating just for being, with the team and he's helped us a lot because he'll he'll test the hell out of some sets and he'll tell us what works for him and then uh joe on the other hand he he's not only can he win those he you know he might be in the bottom splits but he's working his way up quickly to the top and when we're when we're setting up cars the man knows his cambers i mean he, he probably couldn't tell you anything about tire pressures or you know wedge nothing like that but when you start asking about tire wear and whatnot joe's the guy we go to and he's always got everything spot on so he's been a good they're both been good assets yeah good i, I know with uh my team we got about four or five guys that know us and what a what a difference it is to have uh 
guys that really understand it real well. And uh, I know that uh, I personally can run faster now than I ever have just because of the the skills around that we've uh, that we have on our team. So I can see that uh, it makes a difference. And yeah, uh, when you surround yourself with some good people, it, uh, it could be fun, exciting, and also you do better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to sign somebody to a team and all they want is your setup and then they disappear. We, we've had a couple of guys in the past that did that. They didn't last long. The guys that I have now, they're consistently showing up week in and week out, putting in the time on track, testing sets. So it's it's actually, it's it's been a really good experience so far. That's good. Now, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about your NIS season so far? That'd be dual. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, it's been all right. I mean, I haven't, I haven't won as many. The, the competition's getting fiercer because I'm getting them in them top top two splits. Um, and we just started actually uh, last month. Started worrying more about um, telemetry and Motec and whatnot. So our setups are getting there a little better. Um, so we're getting faster, which will, in the long run, it'll help me out. I think I'm sitting, if you count a drop weeks, I'm sitting like top five in D2. Um, and actually, I'm fighting like two of my teammates in the top five. Show you what kind of team we have. So, I, I mean, I've had, a, I think I had a win or two. I think I won Kentucky was the last one I won in the fix. Uh, and then Charlotte in the Open um, for the last two couple wins that I've had. Yeah, I'll also let you know that you did win. Last time you were on the show was right before a Dover race like it is tonight. You did win that night. And uh, so unless, uh, unless Colton's in the same split with you tonight, uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I actually was thinking that last night in the Open. I, I was running uh, probably six most of the night. I, I think I could have had a top three finish, but I did think about you. All right. And uh, Mr. Uh, Ellis, why don't you tell us about your last uh, two races? So that'd be uh, New Hampshire and last night's Dover. Well, yeah, I mean, New Hampshire came out pretty good. Uh, you know, I had a 14th in the open, a 7th in the fixed. Pretty good points uh, for, for that. Uh, Dover, I just suck at. I couldn't couldn't do anything. Ended up with a blown engine at the end last night, so... I all struggled through Dover, I'm sure. You know, looking at the season as a whole, uh, I'm, my average finish is 11.8 in the open, 11.3 in the fixed, so I'm right there at 11th. But the drop weeks were the road courses, and uh, that's really my weak point, obviously. And uh, the other drop weeks I noticed were Vegas, uh, Bristol, and Dover. So those are my weak points, and I need to work on those. Yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit and actually get your opinion on something that uh, happened at New Hampshire. I was actually watching Michael's stream and uh, I think Michael got into you a little bit and you came back for uh, a little caution, uh, what we say, uh, a little caution love tap. What was oh, I, I call that the uh, Rusty Wallace on wagging the finger at you. <laughs> I get that a lot though. So. I mean, it's no big deal. I mean, uh, it was a, yeah. I, all these guys in here, we've we've raced together on a on a regular basis, and it happens. And uh, sometimes you get together and you're going for the same spot. And I think it was one of those deals. He doored me. I went to the wall, and but I'd made sure you know he knew about it, that I knew it was him, and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, you know that's how we race. 
So is this a little bit like a uh, Kenseth walking over to Kozlowski's trailer? <laughs> fight, 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 fight. No, I don't know about that. You know, I certainly wasn't going to touch him under caution. I walk. I, I think I uh, drove up next to him uh, and door to door, you know, and did the old finger wag. All right. Well, that was kind of fun. Uh, Michael, you got a different opinion of that uh, little incident there? <laughs> Let's just say uh, the last couple of weeks have been interesting. I, You know, Mike's a good guy. Um but there's just some things that happen on the track that I question that, you know, I, I don't know. Probably get caught up in the moment. I, I wouldn't say it's more of a Matt Kenza thing. Uh, you know, it'd be more of a um, uh, maybe a Kevin Harvick, Ricky Rudd thing where, you know, you just pull over after the race. You kind of want to choke each other out. Then you go home and you're fine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there, sometimes racing Ellis is uh, it's good. It's a challenge, usually every lap. Um, it's a good thing about Mike is that when you get around him, there's a good chance you're not just gonna you're not just gonna float by. Doesn't matter if you're you know fifth and he's twentieth, three or four laps down, he's not gonna lift. He's not gonna give you the space. Except for I will give him credit at Dover last night, he gave me plenty of room and he lifted, which was actually quite surprising to the entire team. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was a tough night. Uh, expect more of that tonight. But yeah, I try to be a good lap car, you know, and give give enough room. But I got to run my race too. And honestly, I tell this to Jose all the time, but I'm, I'll say it here. I I really feel like I'm over my head here uh, on my I rating and which split I'm in. Uh, I I feel like I'm artificially too high right now, and I'm I'm pretty much lots of times I go out there and with no damage, I am the slowest car on the track. And so that, you know, I get that feeling, but, you know, hey, it all works out, you know, and uh, I'll have good weeks and bad weeks. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you're talking about a little bit there and, and about how you feel like you might be. But for me, it's like certain tracks. It's like, like Watkins Glen, I felt like I didn't belong. And, but obviously at Chicago, I felt like I belonged. So there's like certain certain ones where you just you feel like you're slow. I know tonight Dover, I'm someone who wears out my tires, so I'm gonna end up wearing them out. So if we have a long run, I'm screwed. But uh, I definitely know how you feel there, Mike. About sometimes you feel like, well, you know what, I'm really can't compete with some of these guys, and uh, you know. But uh, I also love being a high car number and competing against guys that are. Uh, supposedly better than me too so oh yeah that's the whole thing that's why i do it i mean i think it makes me a better driver when i'm racing guys like duel and yakes and and tyler and those guys uh they're fast they're good and i enjoy racing them hey you're not the only one because i mean if if i ever get put in the top split it's a miracle i don't finish 10th or 10th or better if i finish 10th or better that's a good day i mean i consider that uh done with you know you don't have to worry about the second chance race but you get in those those lower splits, like like you guys were saying, second, third, fourth splits. We were like, okay, these are people I know I can race against. It'll be a nice, clean race. This is where I belong. So I I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Okay. Now this this topic's for everyone, just to throw in their two cents. Uh, one of the things that happened in the NIS uh, last week at uh, New Hampshire, I believe, it was Thursday night. Um, one of the guys to be able to move up in position took two tires. 
and I guess that some of the people were against people who take two tires and because they don't have four tires in New Hampshire, you know, it's that, that type of situation where they felt, okay, you're going to be slow. And, and uh, he didn't actually cause the accident, but there was an accident behind him probably because the field kind of bunched up a little bit. But uh, he ended up getting a lot of crap for taking two tires. So what do you guys feel about when someone takes two tires? Does it bother you? Uh, or maybe even no tires. Um, does it uh, bother you that they do that strategy? Is it something that you would do? Is it uh, something that you think is just good strategy? Just give me your opinions here. Hell, you, you guys know me. I try it pretty much every race we do in integrity. That's just the first thing I go for strategy-wise because track position is just so freaking important. But I don't know. It's kind of hard to make it work when you have like 40 laps on your tires. It's just something... I don't know. I'm all, I'm always for two tires when I you can make it work. It it kind of bothers me when people take two tires. I mean, if it's like 40 laps on tires then I mean, something's going to happen, but Yep. But it's like if it's like towards the end of the race like with 10 to go or 7 to go or something like that then sure uh, two tires, you know, good strategy. I would do the same. I did it in B open, but <laughs> it failed. But, you know, I tried. I uh, can speak because last week at New Hampshire, I did the two tire, no tire strategy myself. Um, I didn't, it was an A fixed on Sunday. It was the 645 race before the NIS race. And I was running like six or so. And we had a caution come out with 15, 20 laps to go. And I came in, I took two tires and came out the leader. Uh, I was fine. I was running my own line. I was giving people room. But on a restart, I got run over in turn three, and it was suddenly my fault because I put myself in a position to get wrecked. On the other hand, in that same, and I, that same night uh, in the NIS race on Sunday, I stayed out. We had 20 laps to go. I stayed out, took no tires, and wound up winning the race that way. Oh, Alan just got a win by staying out. What was it, Chicago? Yeah, yeah but that was a... Yeah, that, to me, that was an obvious stay out. There's three laps left. Yeah, if it uh, would have went uh, green, um, there's a possibility I probably could have lost some spots. But uh, but what happened was the yellow came out as soon as, as soon as we took the green. So there you go. <laughs> so it ended up, ended up working well. But uh, Michael, I'm interested in your opinion on that. Well, I'll give you mine. I'm I'm assuming you're talking to me. Um, my opinion is I don't I don't really. I don't have a personal belief that two tires or four tires is uh, what's the words I'm looking for here. I don't care what you do, but you damn sure better learn to, um, you better know what the car is going to do on the restart. You better know how the car is going to turn in the corner um, going into that first turn because nine times out of 10, if you, if you take two tires and there's 10 laps to go, you're probably going to have faster cars behind you that want to go around you. But you better know where to keep your car. And I think that's 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 part of the problem is that the faster cars behind you are really impatient because it's getting towards the end of the race. And the first thing that I don't want to see is a car in front of me that got stupid and took no tires or stayed out or took two because there's a better chance there's a caution going to come out before I get around you. And you shouldn't have to be there. So I guess long story short, I don't I don't give a dang what you do but you better know that the cars behind you are definitely going to be faster you better know 
how to hold your line, where you're going to be on the track for the entire turn, and don't come up with the excuse of, well, I got tight, because you knew it was going to happen. Yep. And I could just tell you, from Monday night racing at Dover, if you take no tires, the wheel spin is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, I felt that. Oh, you got to prove that, Alan, somehow? <laughs> two, two teammates didn't make it past turn one of the first lap. I mean, uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, last night, Chad and I, uh, I spent a long time work, working with the team on a setup. And uh, we go in, and a couple of guys up front spun their tires on the start and just wrecked, like, 20 cars, myself and Chad included. Uh, I had 40 minutes of damage before even getting to the first corner. And that wasn't even two tires. That was just the start. <laughs> yeah, wow. that- yeah, it's like Dover and Michigan and anything that's banked right right at the start there uh, definitely can happen. Um, Monday was we had like a 40-lap run, and I decided not to pit with about 10 to go. And, of course, uh, as soon as I started, my car drifted up. I was on the inside line, and I drifted up into uh, Michael Kinner, who was not letting me forget it. And <laughs> <laughs> so, But, uh, you know, that's just kind of like a lesson learned. Um from now on, I'm going to pit and get those fresh tires. It's Because uh, that thing just, I had like zero control. It was ice. Yeah, you can watch it right now, whoever's watching. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, Alan, but, Alan, because you did that, don't think it's something you did. It's all the cars behind you have to learn that there's going to be drivers that are going to do something a little hairy, and your job is to get around him safely. It's yeah, not no, something you did. No, this was a case of something I did. So there's there's <laughs> times there's times where I might get a like a slow restart or something like that, and you know, and then someone someone might tell me, well, you, you know, you didn't go or whatever. Well, yeah, I, I know that kinda, firsthand. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of behind the car that was behind me, you know, but uh, you know, just because I didn't jump them or anything like that, just doesn't mean I got a, I was, you know, didn't go. But in this case, it was all me. I drifted right up into Kenner. There was so there was no getting around that situation. But uh, so anyway, uh, I think what we're saying is that if you do take that, do a two tire or no tire type of stop, control your car. Yeah. What is what is the? Because uh, I'm curious. What Logan Wilkes? What do you what do you guys say about it? Oh, uh, Logan. I think it's perfectly fine. I mean. On Tuesday, Brandon Chiburco, he was back in like 12th or something in the B Open race. And he stayed out on 40 lap old tires and ended up winning the race on PSR TV. So sometimes it works, sometimes it's uh, it doesn't work, but you just got to like learn how to control it. If you know how to control two tires and still be fast and good on the restarts, then heck, go, go for it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of... That's my opinion too. Is just, if you get a good driver behind it and they can control it, I'm all for it. I mean, uh, Jeremy B. Davis, uh, known as Jeremy Olafson, he always takes two tires no matter what. And you know, people question him. He's a he's an aggressive driver, but you know what? The kid can handle the race car when it's on two tires and still run top five. So, I mean, it matters the driver behind it. If you got the driver, you can do it. If you don't, you just you got to know your limits and you you've got to know when to when to take two and when to take four. All right, uh, next topic. Let's say you're uh, riding around the track and you notice that uh, someone like Matt Booser or Tyler Hudson or Michael Connie's behind you. Do you let them by? Oh, yeah. Or do you race them? 
<laughs> you don't exactly I mean, let them buy. They find their way around you. Mm -hmm. Depends. It, are they on my team? I mean... <laughs> it depends the person. Like, I would, of course, race them. Uh, on, on Sunday, I wasn't letting lose a buy for the lead at New Hampshire. But... But I don't know. If you're a lot slower than them, then I would let them pass. But I, I personally would battle them. To me, it depends on the position position on the track. If it's for position, I'm gonna race them. Uh, if I'm being lapped by these guys, then I'm just gonna move over and let them by. Of course. Yeah, I'll definitely. Race the leader to make the battle tighter. <laughs> then I I'll mean, let them go. I think you did that at Dover one time. That made it quite interesting, Carlos. Oh, if they start getting pissed at me, then yeah, I'll just get out of the way. It's just, you know, try to make the race for them more interesting. <laughs> yeah, and back to Alan's question, you know, these guys are on pro teams, and regardless if you're on one or not, these guys, just because you pull over for them, aren't going to give you their race-ready setup or whatever they have in their car. So, I mean, if you're racing them for position, don't just pull over because they're an end-pass or pro driver. Um, because you're not going to gain anything from it. You're going to lose a position on the racetrack, which could prove to be vital. They're not going to give you a setup for moving over. They're not going to help you out for moving over. And that's something that I've learned over the past six months uh, with uh, being on teams like Wicked and Nexus and now Go For Broke, is they're not going to help you out, so don't just let them buy. I, I can also, because uh, in the case of Boost, I've been racing him for years with uh, Integrity and, and now that he's pro and not. I, the only reason he's passing me, obviously, is to lap me because I'm not really up there in his class. But I, I pull over out of respect for him because I know that he's worked hard to become a pro. I know what he's went through. And so I don't have any problem pulling over for him. Now, if it's somebody else, you know, that I don't necessarily get along with, like, you know, maybe a Gomez or a, or a loser or something. I, I might still, well, I'll change that. I'll give Gomez probably three lanes to get by me and he'll still wreck me. But loser, I'll just pull over because it's not worth my time to try to race him. Now, this brings up a point here. The integrity race we did at Richmond, I was about to get lapped by Hudson and I was trying to just stay on the lead lap and this is where things can go wrong. Don't. <laughs> that's one thing you don't want to mess up because if you take out a leader, it's going to be all on you. And I almost wrecked off four and almost got into him, but he saw that. So, yeah, lucky, a lucky break for him and me. Yeah, for me, it's it's one of those things where I, I probably will let him go. And if it's if we're in a twenty lap run or something like that, yeah, it's because I'm being lapped. But if it's uh, one of the situations where they just had some damage to fix or something like that, and they're so they're behind me and we're on the and we're both on the same lap, it's for position. I would still let them go, but it also depends on where we at in the race. If we're coming down to the end, I'm just probably not going to pull over. I'm, they're going to have to beat me, which they probably will anyway. <laughs> but uh, but that's. I don't know. That's kind of my my position on it. A lot of times, uh, you know, we're in these races with, as you know, integrity. We're in races with uh, with uh, three, or even sometimes four pro drivers in there, and uh, I, I'm not going to stand in their way. They're going to beat me anyway. So that's, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's better to let the guy go and then get right behind him right away than it is to fight him and then allow the whole field to catch up to you at the same time. And plus, you can actually learn from them too if you let them go. Follow their lines or whatever. Yeah, that's true. I found out that I haven't learned a thing from Tyler, though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been Dude. chasing Booster for years. I still don't have a damn clue. 
I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just right on your uh, right rear tire all the time. Well, my my left my left front or my right front is smoking. Oh, I just I don't understand how they can it's do like, it. Like loses behind me again. I just let him buy three laps ago. Jesus. Yeah, that, that is amazing. How come he's not a pro? Does anybody know? I do. <laughs> yeah, not appropriate for yeah, a that's very a, that, relaxed that's, show. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> All right. Um, what happens if you view someone as reckless? Like, for example, Michael, you uh, mentioned Gomez. Um, they're behind you. You let them go? Uh, then it's Heisman way. I shouldn't be racing Gomez for position um, because chances are, if it's before the halfway point of the race, uh, Gomez is probably half destroyed. Uh, and if it's at the end of the race, he's just getting desperate. So either way, I just let him go, let him wreck, and then I pass him later. All right. Let me let me just give a story here. Sunday, last Sunday night. <laughs> Tyler's stories are awesome, by the way. Last Sunday night, New Hampshire, NIS. Um, it's, pro- it's past halfway in the race. Um, there was an incident earlier in the race. Gomez got wrecked in turn one and two. Had a bunch of damage, was about three laps down. Round halfway, he gets disconnected. Comes back, he's seven laps down. Every subsequent restart, you just see this. I think it's the number six car with the big old UPS logo. Just charging straight up the middle every restart, making it three wide. Throwing it down to the corners multiple times. I've seen it on the apron. And sideways, coming off the corner, still trying to pass people. Gomez, seven laps down, racing everyone like it's five laps to go. Trying to that's, get That's up the way front. he is. And he's finally, just there for the SR, right? <laughs> From New York. Exactly. Just here for the SR. So, uh, where was I? So, everyone in the room, then, is just saying how they want to just turn him into the wall the next time he shows up. And, of course, nobody does, because then that would just be stupid for them to say that and then actually do it. But everyone's just voicing their whole displeasure with the entire situation. And somehow, at the very end, there was, like, a 10 or 15 lap run at the very end of the race. I had just gotten turned on the track, so I'm starting in 12th and trying to get my way back up through the field to get a decent finish. And there's Gomez right behind me. So I decide, I'll let him by. I'll let him push people out of my way. I'll follow him through. It kind of worked, but then he just kept sliding all the time, so I kept getting around him. I think at that point he just sort of had sense for once and decided, I'll just hang out behind these guys and let them race. It's the end of the race. All right. Um, if you guys don't know who we're talking about, it's Lance Gomez Jr. And uh, he, the guy's a fast driver, has has a high high rating. Um, but uh, I, I zero would consider, control. Yeah, I would consider reckless. Um, he actually went down to a D license at one time. Just losing because his SR was so low, you know. It's always mm, just got. Uh, 
Well, because he's Lance Gomez Jr. That's the reason. Yeah. And so it's just, uh, yeah, that's what he's talking about. But does everyone keep a mental list? When when you get into a race and you look down the list of racers, do you keep a mental list of stay away from this guy? Yep. I always I like to uh, yell out uh, to my team speak, guys. Hey, I don't think so and so is going to finish this race, and I'm usually right ninety percent of the time. Yeah, usually you can look through a list of drivers and tell who's not going to finish and who's going to cause you know three or more cautions. I've heard a few drivers who keep a book written down with names. Yeah, that's me. I used to do that, but then my book got longer and longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I do the same thing. I look through the list and think, oh crap, you know. And I really check and see, you know, am I starting next to this person or whatever? So uh, we can't, we, you know, we don't have to name names, but uh, but uh, I think we all kind of know who the few are. We already named Lance, but we already kind of know who the who the people are that uh, that that happens with. Yeah, and uh, Brandon just sent me a name. Thank you. You are correct. Yeah. Duel. <laughs> Duel. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, in here. <laughs> but uh, so let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, Dover. Um, oh, actually, New Hampshire. Last week, New Hampshire, I believe it was the which race was it? The Mike was it the Wednesday race where a few drivers were got dropped? Yeah, it was Wednesday, and it's like about five to six or seven drivers from each split got dropped pretty much at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh was certainly a concern they were able most of them were able to rejoin but uh there was a threat on that trying to figure out what happened i hadn't heard of it happening again either so something to do with authentication issues or something right something with the anti-cheat maybe i don't know well yeah but i think the people that got dropped were are definitely not cheaters one was michael k baker right and my chuck Ernest was another one that Got dropped out of my split. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think Cater did too. Oh no, Cater won our split. Never mind. Yeah, and so that uh, that's too bad, but that happened. And then last night at Dover, third time this season. Now that's Mike? ridiculous. Uh, yeah, single file restarts, lap cars to the inside. You know what is this? Nineteen eighty five. Uh, yeah. You know, why don't they have somebody to double check the work? I mean, we're talking about, you know, a minute and a half of work, you know, to set up a race, you know, if it's anything like when you host a race. Because um, it's our racing, man. They figure, you know, I'll give you a job. You can handle this, right? Oh, yeah, I got that. No problem. And can't you copy? Don't they copy the event from week to week to week? And it's always the same settings? I mean, surely they would at least at minimum print out the schedule and put it right there so that when they're setting up the sessions, they know exactly how to do it. Yeah, it is a little, it is a little absurd though. Yeah, yeah I can well, understand once, even twice a year. But I think I want to say this is the fourth time. Yeah, I think it was third or fourth. Yeah, well, one of the worst things was that, that there was no wave arounds. You did have the lucky dog, but no wave arounds. So that really puts you in a situation where you cannot go a lap down. So you, you, you're doing things that you probably shouldn't do just because you could not go a lap down. Well, it changed strategy completely because there were definitely times I would have stayed out to get a wave around and I didn't because there were none. 
and I ended up hitting. But I was several laps down, and I had no prayer of of coming, you know, getting up there like I usually do. Lots of times I can fall back a couple laps in these races and get them back, you know, through the wave rounds and the lucky dogs and stuff, and and be there at the end. But not not last night. Yeah, even even me. I mean, I, it affected same split as Mike there. It affected my strategy because I didn't. I stayed out as long as I could until my tires decided to be screaming at me. Um, but it affected my thought because I didn't want to be on pit road and caution come out and you don't get a wave around. So, you know. Yeah, it kind of threw a, little, a lot of people off. Um, Good news is it's been fixed. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out tonight. <laughs> uh, I emailed them last night. I got a response this morning that it's been taken care of. Yeah, I think our teammates did too. Same thing. It's probably an automatic response. Been taken care of. So, uh, uh, Michael, your team and you post a lot in the forums. <laughs> a, a lot. Um, what was the situation between you, Michael Abrams, that you guys had a couple weeks ago? Um, let me think here. There was a... Let me put some history behind this. Me and Abrams have had some history with rubbing each other and whatnot, and he's always calling me out about it, and it just pisses me off. Whatever. I'm used to it. Ellis calls me out. I mean, even my teammates call me out 300 times during the race. No big deal. But when you're watching one of his streams, and he happens to do the same thing and then freely admits that he intentionally did something because he pissed you off, yeah, I mean, I'm going to call him out about it. He does it to me. Why not? You know. So anyway, that's just all that it was. It was not really that big a deal. Uh, I don't really necessarily agree with him 90% of the time, but I don't have to agree with everybody. So it, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Also let you know, last show, I commented about the fact that he intentionally wrecked Jay Beasley. And uh, I thought he should probably be uh, suspended for that because uh, it was intentional. Yeah. And uh, it's right on his stream or on his YouTube video. You can go check it out. It's right there. And uh, so it's. I, I think that was a little part of the point that you uh, had in your uh, post about uh, when he was arguing with you. Yeah, and we went back and forth in private chat. And, you know, long story short, apparently – you know, with all these Twitch viewers and everybody in the race, nobody protested him. He moves on to live another day. I don't, I mean, it's just crazy. It's probably more of a thing to pass time to argue at the brick wall. Yeah. Also, uh, there's a few of your teammates that are retiring. <laughs> I don't know about retiring. Oh. 2038, isn't it? Yeah, 2038. I think I'm retiring Texas lap 116. Now, um, no, we're not retiring. We're actually just poking fun at Petchar. Uh, Petchar's team Facebook, um, you can find it on Facebook somewhere. He posted a couple months ago that he was retiring in 2017 or 2018. So anytime we see him, we're always like, you know, hey, you're retiring. So anyway, that's the joke behind that. Yep. So, but, uh, and then I think you guys kind of dominated uh, a certain forum topic. Let me see if I can uh, find it. I yeah, I think uh, Mike found it. <laughs> yeah, I think Joe and Tyler could probably hit more on that one. Yeah, I believe it, it was Joe's uh, topic. So, yeah. Joe, 
it was about uh, starts restarts. Yeah, it it all stemmed it, and it. I've been having issues with starts and restarts the past couple of weeks now, and it just kind of boiled over after last night's Dover start, because I thought it was just ridiculous that we couldn't even start the race without having half the field wrecked. I mean, it's just, it's not even guys staying out on old tires half the time. It's guys with four tires that are just spinning spinning the tires on the restart or wrecking in turn one, and it just, it kind of ruins the races when it's a constant factor, because it's like, Every race, there's always going to be one or two of these big wrecks right on the restart. That happened to me at New Hampshire. I was in a race where the pace car came out like right at the start because somebody wrecked. It put the entire field a lap down. The leader was behind the pace car, but when we got to the one to go, it waved everybody around. It was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Is that the one you wrecked in, Mike? Yeah, and then I wrecked coming around to the green, yeah. Yeah, actually, let me tell you what happened with that. Um, there was a car who, you know how you, you grid up, right? So you have an opportunity to grid up. He didn't move. He, he never moved. And so when we came around to take the green, he was still there. And that was the problem. The guy just, he never moved. And the outside lane just kind of plowed into him. Well, there was a few cars that got by him because they saw him, but then, you know, it's one of those last-minute things. You don't see him, and so, yeah. And there was a big plow, but the guy the guy just never moved. Yeah, I was on the inside. I ended up getting spun around backwards, and uh, it was a mess. What a mess. They need to fix that. Uh, well, <laughs> last words. Can we catch up to the pace car? Uh... <laughs> Hey, let's catch a pace. It was one of those. You know what? I knew, it, I knew that everyone was getting waved around. I even said it. To, I said, you guys be ready to go. And then when it happened, all everybody's on the radio. What's going on? It's telling me to go around the pace car. Yeah, I, I yelled it. <laughs> yeah, we had a big uh, catch the pace car uh, discussion last show. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, what, was and, uh, it along the same lines as driving double file on pit road? Uh, I think know, I heard it, that in there. I thought. I don't. But it, it it does kind of bring something up. Uh, New Hampshire race. Uh, one of your teammates, uh, Travin, was driving through the cars on pit road. Oh yeah, I called him out on that too. Yeah, that's fine. I do it too. I mean, <laughs> why not? So, you know, I personally, to me, it doesn't really necessarily bother me that much unless if someone's driving through and I, I couldn't see my pit stall because of that. Let me tell you this, too, because a lot of us do that. We drive, you know, number one, because we can't see our pit stall. And number two, if the guy ahead of us is pissing us off, we'll just do it to annoy him. But let me tell you what happened last week. I'm driving down, I don't know, probably on the, on the right side of pit lane. My teammate pits in front of me. I enter my pit lane because mine's right in front of his. I enter mine thinking my car is going to go through his car just like all the time, happens all the time. I nailed his car. I mean, it, it gave us both a 4X and like like tons of damage because the, the way the cars were. So. so it's a dangerous thing to do. 
Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you got to, you know, you could do it a hundred times. It would never happen. And then the one time your teammates in front of you and you do it and you just, you know, almost ruin both of our races. Yep. I believe you got some front end, you got some back end. So I, I yeah. remember that situation. Hey, uh, Logan, when does the Pro Series start for you? Um, the first race is November 3rd. It is going to be at Texas. That is Texas. an awesome track. I love Texas. Yeah, that should be fun for uh, everyone that uh, doesn't know Logan Clampett here. He uh, he got his black stripe, and uh, so he's going to be running the Pro Series and hopefully make it into the Peak Series uh, by finishing in the top 10? Top 20? What, what is it? Uh, yeah, top, 20, top, top 10 Season 1A Open and Top 10 Season 2A Open uh, makes Pro. And I haven't gotten the black stripe yet. Um, last year they got it October 19th. So that's what I'm debating on getting it. Are you hoping to get it <laughs> mid-month here? Yeah, but I already like made it and everything. Just waiting to get it. Right, and so, but how many of the Pro Series drivers make it to peak? Um, in the Pro Series, the top twenty get their DWC license, which in the peak races next year. Uh, if you get top 20 and have your DWC license, then you don't have to, like, qualify into the races. Twenty, If you get 21st through 30th in points in the Pro Series, you keep your Pro license, and you go to elimination qualifying 41st through 43rd with the other regular Pro drivers in the peak races. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, and let's uh, throw out our congratulations to a uh, former guest on the show, Kenny Humpy. Woohoo! For, for uh, clinching the 2015 NASCAR Peak and a free series. So, congratulations to Kenny. He did it in dominating fashion, fashion even before their last race here. Coming up next Tuesday at Homestead. Yeah, who didn't see that coming? Halfway through the season, I said, man, this kid's got it. Oh, yeah. Yep, very good. And uh, also for the Grand Prix Championship, uh, Gregor Hutu. Took it. What a surprise. What a shocker. Um, but uh, he wanted. Do they have any more races left, uh, Mike? Did you notice? No, I think that was it for them. But with uh, the peak, they have some more. So. Yeah, they got the one more at Homestead coming up next Tuesday. So, um, also, there is another pro driver that has a sponsorship by iRacing. Uh, why don't you tell us about that, Mike? I don't know much about him, but his name is Bradley Philpot, uh, spelled with P-H uh, for the Philpot, and he's uh, pleased to announce that iRacing will be his uh, sponsor for the 2016 uh, uh, VLNDE series, whatever that is. I think it's German for something uh, at the Nurburgring. So. Congratulations to him, and we're always happy to see iRacing get involved in uh, real racing. So uh, there's this, uh, I guess I would say it's probably a regional series or some kind of a sports car series at the Nürburgring, and, and that's where he's racing. All right, and the next topic happens to do with the Blancpain GT Endurance Series. Uh, anybody besides uh, Carlos, uh, Jose, myself, and Mike run that? I didn't think so. Well, you still can because guess what? <laughs> They're going to throw out 
the first week's results. It, you and, said uh, blank pain, right? Yeah, yeah. blank pain. Uh, so the Road to Pro uh, for the next 2016 Road to Pro series in, in team racing uh, started with Monza. And uh, basically there were a bunch of qualifying bugs and whatnot where people had different conditions and ran different times. And um, there was a lot of, you know, to do about it on the forums. Um, we have some quotes here from Tony Gardner, the president of iRacing, about it. Uh, they found the issue. Uh, they investigated it. Uh, earlier this week, they, they found the fix, and they put it into their testing. And apparently, we're getting a build next Monday that will address this. All right, so I'm reading this. It says, therefore, the first race will be October 10th, right? And let's see. Road let's Atlanta, Pick a I car believe. by then. To stick with, so we can change our car by then. Yeah, in fact, they did announce uh, you can still enter this thing. So they've reopened the entry period. Uh, I didn't catch exactly till when. I think it's the end of this weekend. Negative. So you can still put a team in, and you can still change your car. Apparently. Yeah, the deadline for that, if you don't mind me, uh, interceding into. Yeah, jump in, Jose. Yeah, that start tomorrow. Actually, is the deadline. Uh, and the email has to be formatted the way they say. If it doesn't get formatted correctly, you go to a junk mail pile, basically. Um, so basically, uh, you only have uh, less than 24 hours to register a team or make changes to your team. Um, in other words, if you want to drop a, a driver, um, then you have to send an email advising them, again, in the proper format that they have uh, posted in the forums. And interestingly... Uh Ray Alfala posted in the forums that he wants to join somebody's team uh, and run this. And I, I was like, wow, that'd be a pretty good pickup, probably. <laughs> I think that was a joke. Maybe it was. I don't know. But uh... Uh, our team is. The BMW sucks. Yeah, our, our team is filled. We don't have any room for Ray, so. I'm sure we could make room. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. You're good. done. <laughs> okay, so. I, I want to throw out, there was a lot of discussion in the forums that people say, you know, we shouldn't go back to Monza at all, you know, and I think they took Monza and put it between the fourth and the sixth week, um, and that's the plan, and we're just going to restart at Road Atlanta. There's other people that say, hey, you know, we all have, you know, keep the paint, the points as is, don't wipe the points, don't rerun Monza, and, and a lot of people are saying it has to do with the BMW versus the McLaren, and one's better at a certain track versus the other, and I really don't understand all that, but... Oh, it's crazy how bad the BMW is. I mean, the Monza's an all-straight. You know, there's tons of straights at Monza, and hell, I got a huge run on someone, and got two tenths in front of them, and they just blow by me. Like, I had the front end torn off the car or something. All right. Um, touching on that subject... Um, how many of you guys were pissed on the NIS season about the Daytona being uh, the points not coming? I can tell you a teammate that got a win was pretty pissed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I finished second. I was pretty mad. All right. So, so if you did well. Like usual. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 this is kind of my opinion. That bug had nothing to do with all those people wrecking in turn one. Had nothing to do. And so you had a bunch of people wrecking and stuff like that. It had nothing to do with any of this 
type of type of bug and it now just gave him another chance <laughs> and we actually had a decent race it was colton and i that ran that yeah. race and we had a decent race and you know it, it does kind of upset me I guess I'm not as uh, upset as a lot of people. I guess I got now up to attempt to work on my rate and try to get a higher split. But, but to me, it just kind of like, um, you know, it was a, it was a waste of three hours and uh, and the fact that uh, that this bug had nothing to do with the race, if you ask me. Uh, were you guys caught up in that one turn one pile up? Uh, no, we were actually well behind there. Because I was right in the middle of it. Like, I don't know. I squeezed between two cars. Five wide going into one. It's just, who who thought, who thought who's the person who thinks it's going to work? I don't know. I um, Colton did a wonderful job. He raced the first hour of the race, and he did a great job. He actually, uh, when, he, when he pitted, um, of course, we were last ones to pit, so there was probably about five or six cars that might have been ahead of him at the time. But when he pitted, we actually led that lap. So, so going from starting point of 38th to leading at the time that he pitted um, was actually not a bad run by Colton. Yeah, we had a bad run, and I, I think the answer to your question is, it, it what does it do for me? You know, and we had a bad run because. I rolled the car in the first lap. Somebody ran into us, and we rolled, barrel rolled it. And we finished 14th, but I probably would have had a top five if that hadn't have happened. So I'm anxious to redo the race. You know, hey, let's redo it. So it yeah. for some and not for others. Right. Yeah. Well, to me, it was just, a, you know, it's almost, it's, you can't even really talk about the race because it apparently never happened. Now, me and Jose ran two races, and for neither of them to count. So they wiped the points. And let's talk about the points. Uh, our team uh, got talking about this because we're not very good at road racing, but we're still in this thing. And you can't believe how far down in points we are. And the way that they're they're doing these points on this blank pain endurance is frankly not fair, according to a lot of my teammates. I think it's fair. You know, let's, let's face facts. Uh, the... The top split uh, SOF was uh, what fifty seven hundred. You know. Yeah, and mine was um, probably a thousand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I I don't necessarily have a chance. I guess you can just uh, through attrition. I guess we can probably finish. You know, if there was forty two cars starting, I guess we could probably finish maybe thirtieth with attrition if we just kept it clean. But in reality, is we really don't have a shot. So. Um, you got to be in the top split. It's just like NIS. It's just like, yeah. you know, any other series that they have running on iRacing. You know, the, um, the tougher the competition, the more points you get. And it's just it's the way just, it is. One thing that sucks there, though, is for people who miss the first split, being that there's only so many cars that can get in. You know, 5,000 iRating people got, what, demoted to second split? Yeah, which was uh, interesting. But one of the things that, that does kind of bother me a little bit about team racing is that if you have one member register for your race, let's say one member is a 6,000 I rating, the other one's a 3,000. Well, they don't do 9,000 divided by two and do it at 4,500. If the one registered that registered was 6,000, you're in the top split. 
and the person the three thousand just gets to take along for the ride there and end up in that race. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't have a good answer either on how to fix that though. There really isn't a, an answer to fix that, but I guess the only thing that could happen was that we did have to we did have to put in there who our teammates were and say we are going to run for this thing. And so you can you can do the splits based on off of that and anybody that doesn't that joined the race that did not have their team registered is in the what we would call other splits bottom maybe even no points because it really doesn't matter and you know they had over 300 teams register just to the split based off off of those and and maybe i don't know maybe you just you can't uh, necessarily move up in your splits it's only six races there was there was an answer and it had to start from the beginning of the implementation of team or endurance racing or better saying team racing and i i put the idea up and got pretty criticized for it you got slammed and i got yeah i got fl- flamed and not because of the recommendation but because of my I, low i rating as a road course driver which wasn't the subject of the matter the subject of the matter was how to resolve the problem rating teams and my recommendation was that should have started with team rating the way they do with i rating or say and safety rating um and again that should have been done from the beginning once you implemented a team or established a team that team should have started at its particular team rating and as a team work their way up and down if the team were consisted of two drivers with six thousand plus i rating then by god they're going to make it to the top of team rating because they're consistent, they're good drivers. Those with lower I ratings, of course, will have lower team ratings. It, it, it'll work out if it was established early, but again, I got flamed for it, so I'm not even going to try to reestablish that kind of conversation in the forums. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you want to just whip through a couple of these items, and let's move on to the final thoughts. Yeah, just a few things here. Uh... Okay, we went over right. that. Uh, yeah, I do have a couple of things. Uh, the the uh, YouTube channel of iRacing and the Twitch channel is now a lot busier. Um, we talked about this last episode. Uh, they started showing uh, some races from England and, and some various things, and now they're showing a bunch of the Race Spot TV broadcast on their channel. So um, starting uh, October 4th, uh, they've got all kinds of stuff, and so check it out. Uh, they're trying to, you know, broadcast more racing. I think we even asked for that on our last uh, episode, and uh, they're doing it. Yep. Uh, Oktoberfest is uh, is ongoing. It's October first, so it's fifty percent off on all new member new memberships. So if you got somebody new coming in, uh, it's half off. What a deal! Uh, hardware, we only got a couple things. Uh, they had the Facebook had their Oculus CV1 uh, conference, developers conference, and uh, have announced uh, their Oculus Rift uh, consumer product. It should be coming out, you know, towards the end of year, end of the year, early 2016. Um, anybody here use Oculus or want to? 
I have no need to vomit while I'm racing, thank you. I've looked at the idea of getting an Oculus. Uh, right now I'm running on a single monitor. I've wanted to go to three, but you know the Oculus will be coming out soon, or yeah, at least at an affordable rate. So kind of looking at doing that sometime in the future. 99 bucks retail rate? Now, I did some reading on it, and I understood that it ties in with the next topic. You need DX11 for this new Oculus Rift, and we aren't on DX11 yet. But just today, Tony Gardner uh, put an announcement in the forums about DX11, which is actually we're on the four-year anniversary since they've started working on it. And um, anyway, he's now speculating that they're going to be done and have it released March of 2016. Yeah, that's big speculation, though. Well, it is in their beta environment. They are yeah, running, it is testing. Yeah. yeah, they are in testing. So he just doesn't think it's going to make the next December build. So it'll be the one after that. Hey, they surprised us with the dynamic tracks. <laughs> we thought it was going to be sometime next year. <laughs> the problem with an upgrade like the X11, and I've taken classes on programming and all this, so I, I, I kind of know what I'm talking about, sort of. Uh, but... DirectX 11, you know, in order to upgrade from 10 to 11, you have to rewrite almost every single line of code in the program and then throw it all together and see if it still works. So nope. there's so much testing that has to go into making sure it works properly. That makes sense because one thing that Tony Gardner mentioned was they were doing dual work in in both systems, basically. And they, were, they wanted to get to DX11 so they wouldn't have to do that. They were very anxious to get it done. I've copyrighted that term. I don't know why they're using it. Lately. Yep, yep. That's what I was thinking too. They're doing <laughs> dual work. That's right. So it's it's either good or shitty. You can take your opinion. Maybe on that's that. our uh, our Probably title shitty. for the podcast. <laughs> shitty <Yeah>. dual. <laughs> yeah, just it's dual work, and everyone's gonna know what that's we right. mean. All right. Uh, uh, let's move on, Mike. Okay. Yep. That's um, it. Brandon, uh, in your final thoughts, why don't you uh, uh, also include what you're doing for uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month? All right, so uh, here's the deal. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, through Real Life Racing and Sim Racing, I've kind of combined the same sponsors. So uh, one of my sponsors is racetocure.org. On their website, they have a driver's page. Um, On there, you can find my name and donate towards my account and my account goes 100% towards breast cancer awareness and um, if we raise more than $150 uh, it's 10 lucky fans will get racing to cure and a Brandon Wilkinson racing real life uh, pro late model t-shirt so uh, it's a good deal Um, someone who donates 25 or more dollars gets a hero card and t-shirt from real life racing and uh Yes, you can feel good about yourself. So uh, go to racetocure.org, find our driver page, and uh, donate today for what is definitely a great cause. All right. Uh, anything more to add? I'm good. All right. Let's go with you, Joseph. Uh, any final thoughts for the show? Anything you want to get in? Uh, not really. I mean, my, my biggest topic right now is those restarts and the starts and it's just I don't know what we can do about it I don't know if there's really a solution to fixing the restart problem so I don't know okay Tyler final thoughts 
Uh, I don't know, not so much. Uh, I don't think I really have anything more to add. All right, Michael, I'm kind of hoping you got something more to add. Do well. Uh, just want to say, uh, yeah, I know. I got a lot on my mind. Um, thoughts and prayers are out to um, everybody in the shooting in Oregon. Um, got a little bit of a family connection up there. So hope there's nobody that I know that's been injured up there thinking about them. Um, Dover, good luck in Dover this weekend. Everybody watch out for the hurricane. Lots of rain. Probably going to be a <laughs> Tuesday race. I don't know. I haven't looked at the forecast today. Um, I think Jay and Chris and them, they were planning on going. But anyway, go junior. Hopefully he'll get him a, a win Sunday. Got it. But anyway, uh, restarts. Yeah, that's a problem. I think it's part of the whole impatient thing. People got to learn to get around drivers cleanly. Um, good luck to all the pros. Good congratulations to you guys. Hopefully I'll be up there with you next year. And, uh, Ellis, from my team to you, man, just, just pull over, dude. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carlos Jose, I know normally it doesn't have a lot to say, but anybody got anything? Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, now, I'm just going to say I, I wish everybody luck in, in the Endurance Series again uh, and hope that everything goes well with the update this uh, upcoming session. And um, good luck in Dover. All right, now I guess I'll put some words out there. I may have complained a lot about that BMW, but I'm not going to change the car because even though it's slow on the streets, it's one of the more fun cars if you ask me in that series. And also, as I say every freaking week, uh, <laughs> Sim Racing Chewy Side, go visit that channel for iRacing Track Guides. They're not the greatest way to get around the track, but it'll work. I don't know. That's all I got. All right, uh, Mr. Ellis. Well, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's a good time to be in iRacing uh, with the dynamic tracks and uh, with DX11 coming. You, know, you got the, the night day transitions coming, Le Mans is coming, the Nordschleif. Uh, and so many good things iRacing is doing uh, for us right now. I'm very pleased. So um, enjoy. All right. Um, I want to close on a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, with the Lockbeam Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, my wife got breast cancer when she was 28, and that was years ago. So uh, um, this month I did paint my car, uh, has some pink in it. So, uh, so have everyone have some thoughts and, uh, and, uh, donate to, uh, wherever it is to donate to for uh, breast cancer. Hopefully they can, uh, cure that someday. Um, another thing I want to mention is a good friend and a teammate of mine, uh, Michael Kinner lost his, uh, granddaughter, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ray Lynn, who was uh, three years old, uh, she had autism, uh, but she had a major uh, seizure and ended up uh, in the way. And so I want to give my uh, thoughts and uh, prayers to uh, Michael. And um, so anyway, uh, everyone have uh, good luck at, uh, at Dover. That should be it. Thank you, folks. See ya. Yep. 
Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.